When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba. We continue our team-by-team season previews to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We've got a special one on tap, folks, not just because it's the NLS and the best division of baseball. That's not why. But we're talking Arizona Diamondbacks baseball, and that means I get two, not one, two of my good friends on the show. They're kind of a package deal. That's the way I felt. I felt bad if I just went to one or the other. It's like picking your favorite son. That would have been a bad deal. <laughs> so I had to go to both of them and make this work. Um, you can find one gentleman on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. The other one on the Twitter at Is It The Welsh. They're the members of the ITIL Army, actually creators of the ITIL Army. Is It The Welsh, Scott Bogman. How you doing, my friends? What's up, Bubba? I feel like I haven't been on bench with Bubba in forever. I'm excited to be back. And I do always enjoy that, like, Boggs, I think you and I are the predominant, like, if if known by anything. Diamondback. Duo. It's like, like, well, it's like when you start thinking about, like, people and associations with teams and stuff. Like, our boy Vlad Sedler, he likes the Dodgers. And, you know, you kind of go through the motions, Justin Mason with the Giants and stuff like that. You and I are, like, the known Diamondback fans. I think it's, like, you, me, and I think... Frankie Munoz, I think. Uh, <laughs> gotta be, gotta be known for something. Racer. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll we'll take it. You know, uh, we are the Diamondbacks guys. Sometimes that's nice for us, but most of the time it's miserable. So. It's pretty miserable. It's fun. It's fun. But before we get to the D-backs, like you guys have a slew of stuff you're working on, so I didn't want to take the entire show talking about it. So I'm let you guys talk about it. So I went with you, Bogman. What do you got going on that people can uh, check out? Oh, yeah, we've got Hell Week over at In This League right now where we uh, go through position rankings uh, one by one here. We did CIs on Monday. We got uh, MI on Tuesday, outfield starting pitchers and overall coming up. So please check that out on whatever your uh, you know podcast app you're listening on. And I'm over at Fantasy Pros uh, doing stuff over there, uh, the Dynasty Fantasy Football Pod with Pat Fitzmorris, of course, the war room at in this league with CK as well. CFP winning edge. You can find all my stuff over on my Twitter at Bogman sports. And Mr. Yes. Welsh, you are everywhere right now. So what do you yeah. <laughs> little too much, little too much of everywhere. I am. Li- I'm literally everywhere. Actually, our buddy, Chris, uh, baseball pods uh, messaged me today and he was like, uh, He's just like, hey, just want to make sure you still want the pods in the in the tournament, the baseball pods tournament. And I was about to be like, buddy, I'm on all of them. Like you can't you're not going to have a baseball <laughs> tournament if uh, if I don't have some affiliation. It's only because obviously in this league is the home bread. Like Bogman said, uh, check out the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast to check out all those fun shows. I do Prospect One, which is a prospect based show, which has been a little hiatus for like two weeks, but it's back tomorrow or Tuesday whenever you're listening to this. And then like the thing that we're talking about, I'm literally everywhere. Fantasy Pros three days a week right now. Uh, I do once a week on CBS. We just did an ADP battle. And I am also uh, now on Tuesdays on Rates and Barrels with DVR and Eno, but DVR, baby. And then baby. So uh, I've been filling in. So it's a couple days a week with me and Eno and a couple days with Alan Eno. So Rates of Barrels, CBS, Fantasy Pros in this league, a lot of places. But I am, like I said, I'm glad to be back here with Backfields. You, yeah, backfields. I'm all red. Your own house. My, Not back pages, backfields. Right regular. now, yeah, I'm taking pictures i have dude i cannot get over this not to keep talking about it but like i took i've done 
I do lots of like goofy things and I get lots of like semi-viral things that happen. My most famous is my Fernando Tatis uh, Grand Slam call, which made it on ESPN and stuff. But like I took a picture of Greg Maddox and Jacob DeGrom the other day. And it is still going. It is on every day. Another big account picks it up. And one that it's like an Instagram account that has like a million followers put it in there. And I'm just getting flooded, dude. Like I am absolutely flooded. I'm getting all their comments. It's the worst thing ever. And as I posted, like it's the most viral where I'm not actually being viral. Like my photo <laughs> is going all over the place, but I have no association with it except getting all the tags. It's got wild. a lot of so, dings on that phone, huh? Yeah, it's annoying. The Dude, I'll you dying. right now. I'm going to look right now while we're doing this show. Let me pull up Twitter and if let's see if I have a notification. Yep, there you go, right there. Actually, it was the CBS one, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, look he, at me. Baseball <laughs> history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Humble brag. Go. Oh, baseball yeah. history. CBS one. Nut. Let's see how many they have. They've got. 835 likes in like 12 hours if this comes in. Not a lot of retweets. It's just absurd. So follow me on Twitter and make my own stuff go viral. Oh, man, you know what this sounds like to me? It's like we're supposed to feel sorry for the guy that's always wanted the attention. This is like ridiculous <laughs> right now. He's so humble. He's so humble. I'm so I miss humble. you guys. I miss <laughs> you guys so much. Yeah, why aren't we ever invited on the show? Right, yeah, know, come like, on. War is always open. Do not pull that crap with me. Right <laughs> I don't now. think I've been on this show since 2019, Bob. <laughs> oh, oh, we're keeping dates. That's good. You're like a bad scorned lover Records. right there. I'll put you in I line. Oh, jeez. All right, let's get let's talk D-backs. Let's get really angry about life. Let's talk Diamondbacks. <laughs> actually, there's, there's, hope, there's, there's hope this year. Actually, I'll say that much. They might finish ahead of the Giants. The Giants suck. Um, let's talk right. Diamondbacks though. And we'll start with Christian Walker. There's really no method of the madness of this order. We'll start with Christian Walker, and uh, he's got an ADP over the last couple of weeks of about 135 ish. On draft champions, we know the bounce back year that Walker had last year. Is this something we're looking forward to in 2023? Is this who he's supposed to be? What are your thoughts on this, Bugs? I mean, this is my guy. He hit 285 in the second half. He has all that raw power, and he finally started to kind of, you know, tap into it and hit for average in the second half. I think there's meat on the bone. He's never coming off the field because of the gold glove. So, uh, you know, this is a, a dude that he belongs in this tier that he's in. It's kind of, you know, it's Vinny P, it's Nate Lowe, it's Reese Hoskins, CJ Crone, and Walker belongs in that group. And I have him just below Nate Lowe uh, in, in that group right there. So he's my second in that kind of spot where he's at and a great power addition if you're looking for it in fantasy. You on the same page, Welsh? Yeah, pretty much. You want to know it, by the way. I was over at Rangers today. Nate Lowe, uh, I wish I'd taken a picture. I didn't, and I meant to ask him, but I didn't want to be rude about it because I had already made a comment to him about it. He has lost serious weight. I don't know. Just really? This is a random aside. It has nothing to do with them. But, like, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, pictures of Nate Lowe and you saw him last year. I think he lost 25 to 35 pounds. Like, it wow. is serious weight. That dude is Are you saying that out. he's in the best shape of I, his I, life? I was, waiting for, Buddy. I was waiting for that. Best shape of his life. Best shape, Best shape of, of his, his life. life for da -da 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 -da. So I just want to throw that out with, with uh, Nate Lowe since we're talking about it. I really like him. But yeah, no, I mean, Christian Walker is just like a solid uh, first base bat that Bogman and I just did that quarter infield episode. And what you look at is like, you've got that high priority of guys. And then there's this interesting, okay, middle tier. There's so many guys at like eight to 14 that are interesting down to Rowdy Telez to Christian Walker, who hit, you know, the 36 homers this past year, low strikeout rate as well, under 20%, which is pretty crazy. And projections, most of all projection systems have him bouncing back on batting average. Cause the dude had the worst Babbitt in the entire league in the first half, completely bounced back in the second half. Homers don't seem sustainable for a lot of them, but I think that's going to continue. And uh, I think it's thrown a little bit on the low side. 30 homers, 250 batting average, probably in the 80, 80, somewhere in there, 75, 80 range of between run and RBI. I think this is a solid first base, you know, eight to 12. And, you know, Diamondbacks are not super sexy. So you're going to get him. Like an interesting one is like Reese Hoskins. Like, yeah. I feel like Reese Hoskins is the number one of that that tier that people want. But I don't know, like Nate Lowe and and him and Rowdy Telez are all really interesting to me if you miss out on the position or you're looking for corner infield. So I'm down with Christian Walker. And it's a fun group in there that if you need power mid-draft or so, a bunch of 30 home run guys just sitting there when you know power is so down in recent years and you got guys like Walker and Lowe and and uh, Reese and the others to, uh, well, to Rowdy even, yeah. 
Well, you know, dude, like if you, depending like however you're going to like attack roster construction, if you're like really cognizant of the position scarcity that kind of stinks in some areas and like, you're like, okay, I want to have third base locked up and I want to have second base and I'm getting some outfield. And maybe you even took some more middle line guys that are not big power guys and you were balancing a little bit more speed. You could literally double tap and I'm trying to think of like what the rounds would be. Maybe it's seven and eight or eight and nine, whatever it is. You could go and get like a Walker and a Telez. I mean, and that's maybe 70 homers that you just put together at that first base and corner infield spot that you could put. So that's what I think is really unique about that position and these type of guys. And that's what makes Walker just a little bit extra that there are guys going ahead of him and he's just going to become a value. For sure. Let's talk Cattell Marte here. A guy going past ADP 200 right now. You know, in the bouncy ball year of 2019, he had the 32 home runs. Since then, kind of a shell of that power stuff, obviously battling injuries and whatnot. Uh, Bogman, what are your thoughts on Marte in 2023? As um, we're kind of, he, he's going later than ever right now. Yeah, Bogman, what's your thoughts on Cattell Marte? They're I'm gonna out. Be great, right? I, I'm yeah. out. I'm out on Cattell Marte, and it, it's frustrating because you can see the talent. It's in there. Uh, but the dude has been hurt last couple of years in even his 137 games that he played. He was maybe healthy for 65 of them. You know, he gutted it through. Uh, he tried to make it happen. But, you know, his power is mainly from the right side. And most of the time he hits from the left side. And uh, I'm just done waiting on him to come around. I think second base isn't uh, isn't deep, but I think there's enough guys there. Uh, to where I'm just not interested in Cattell Marte anymore. And I think this is a guy we got him projected to, you know, maybe hit two. And that would be awesome if he sticks there. But with an injury or with some bad performance, I could see him moving down the order too. So I'm just out on Cattell anymore. But you Welsh. I'm not out. Um, I think it's we've cooled our jets and he's coming at an crazy crazy cheap cost right now but like for right reasons i think if as diamondback fans as people that watch this game a lot like he had he's so weirdly unique in that he puts up every single year like a top 10 or 15 of the hardest hit balls in all of baseball which is crazy and then this past year it's in the upper percentiles i think it was like 115 i'm trying to get to it uh one yeah it was 115 on the dot uniquely actually because we've seen this differently is that that average ev sometimes would sit under 90 it was exactly 90 this past year but he presses the guy like puts the entire team on his back to be that big home run hitter he's trying to you'll see him dude the amount of times last year you would see him just swing through his shoes on two on, on uh two strike counts every single time just trying to murder the ball is not well, who he was text a couple me. years ago oh look what a surprise oh yep. two count and Cattell takes the hardest swing he possibly can it's you, what he does you would think he would be, have like a fernando yeah. tati's uh uh shoulder injury with how he swings i'm telling you and that wasn't the approach he had Probably before not. i'm really hopeful that that's going to change. And if you do see that change and especially his, his two strike uh, approach changes a little bit, then I think he's can get back to being a solid batting average guy. He's going to hit two for the diamondbacks. I think they're going to again, be hyper aggressive running. So I think there's run and RBI opportunities. Christian Walker is going to be hitting behind him. I just think like post one fifty because second base is stink so bad. What if you get 20 homers out of him and you get 75, 80, something in that range. And he's not trying to press and be a big Homer guy. He's a great contact player who just hits the ball hard. Uh, he just doesn't cost anything. And I know you can be out on him. I'm out on like Whit Merrifield, but Whit Merrifield is big, crazy. I think decline also in like athleticism. This is still a young enough player, uh, 29 years old this year that I think it can be turned around and we can get back to that skill set that we saw before because he's still hitting the ball really hard. So I'm I'm down uh, if I screwed up second base or really kind of screwing the pooch on like middle infield. I'll, I'll still get down with Cattell. Cattell Marte or Jake Cronenworth. I'll go crony because it's just a better team. Um, I mean, I think he also beat him and run in RBI last year. Going to play first this year. I'm kind of down on the power. I, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be surprised if Cattell actually hit more homers than Cronenworth this this uh, coming year. I could see that happening. But I think Cronenworth is a safer, better option all around. Um, I think he's going to win three of the five categories. Same Bob, same for me, uh, yeah. Cronenworth. Uh, yeah, you're, I've you're got Marte, two, you're Marte. two spots ahead. You're anti-Marte. Yeah, yeah, um, you don't count. Whit Merrifield or well, Cattell Marte, Boggs? Uh, Cattell there. Okay. okay, Boggs, Whit Merrifield, or no, that's good. Cattell Marte or um, Gene Segura? I've got Marte ahead of Segura. Okay. 
Kind of gives me an idea of what we got going on here. Yeah. Um, let's have some fun here because any real show that that preview the Arizona Diamondbacks would start with this player, but this is not a real show. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about the top prospect in baseball potentially with an ADP close to 70 right now, and that is one Corbin Carroll, who we know has got the power-speed combo, was hit for average throughout the minors. We're going to give Welsh the floor on this one, Mr. Prospect Guy, and um, tell us what should we expect from Carroll because I have a tough time drafting – younger prospect type players, especially that early in drafts, but some people believe it's worth it. Yeah. Mr. Prospect guy, by the way, I hear that all the time, Bubba. It's, it, you know what that is? Oh, I'm that sorry. The... Did you not want to be the prospect guy? The hat's <laughs> no, the prospect no, no, no. One. You know what you just called me? You just called me. You're like, hey, big guy. That's like, that was the version of that with prospects. You're like, hey, it's well, Mr. Well, big guy. All three of us have been called most of our life. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. I get that. And I'm actually with you on that. Like I love, you know, I love prospects and stuff and I do the show, but in redraft, I don't really like hone in on prospects. Corbin Carroll, if I can take myself out of like the Homer side of it, like he's a different story. He is literally the fastest player in baseball. I was actually looking at this. If you go look at the uh, sprint speeds, 90 feet, you look at the two ninety feet sprint speeds, check this out. He's not only the fastest player in all of baseball, if you look at like, you know, the gap between let's like say player number one and number, or I'm sorry, number three and number four or number 10 and 11, you'll see like 0.01, right? It'll be like 3.82 to 3.83, blah, 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 blah. The cap, the difference between Corbin Carroll and number two, the second fastest in the entire league is 0.08. That's not, I know that doesn't sound like a lot. That's astronomically different than every other player in baseball. He's the fastest player in baseball, 200 plus ISO, which I've had some pushback on people talk about that, obviously, because it's extra base hits and he's really fast and the ISO kind of pushes up uh, or the speed kind of pushes up some of the ISO, which is not necessarily not true. But the guy also had like 27 homers across all of his stops last year. He's maintained a high ISO, which also means he gets extra base hits. He's made lots of good contact. He's the fastest player in baseball. He hit 25 plus homers last year. I don't know what more you want. Okay. He's not six foot three, 225 pounds. I get it. But the guy's gotten jacked. He's worked with players the entire time he's been with the Diamondbacks and helping them with their swings. He's a super smart, competitive player that pays attention to baseball. And I believe that he can be next level. We actually did a player debate on CBS, which was uh, Corbin Carroll versus Eloy Jimenez, which was actually really fun. If you think about your team construction, the difference is, it's like, yes, Corbin Carroll is volatile. Um, there's a lot of adjustments that are going to happen to baseball, but he's a true five tool player. If he's leading off of the Diamondbacks, which could be true, that might take RBIs off of it. But I think the guy's going to, I personally believe he will lead the team in steals. And I've been saying this a lot. And I know that is like McCarthy across the board. McCarthy's like the projected leader everywhere, which I don't blame anybody. He was actually like the eighth fastest player in all of baseball. But there's no way if he's, if Corbin Carroll's leading off, the guy's not going to run. He sold 33 bases last year. So he's going to run. I think he's crazy valuable. And if you get him at the little bit of a cost in like the 70, 80s, I think it's a slam dunk when he's in the 50s, 60s. It's a little bit harder to stomach, but you know what team construction is out there. And also just think of what, think of what guys like Bobby Witt did. I, I do not think it's out of the realm of possibility that Corbin Carroll could put up within 90 to 95% of what Bobby Witt did last year. And Corbin Carroll's a better hitter. He's just a better contact hitter. And Bobby Witt hit 20 homers, 30 stolen bases. Corbin Carroll had 18 homers and 26 stolen bases. It's pretty good. That's going to be pretty good. And that will get you the return of like a pick just outside the top 50. If you had to go there. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty um, good. Bogman, are you on the same page with the Welsh on this? Or are you a little more say uh, you hate him. timid on this one? Yeah. No, I absolutely love Corbin Carroll. I have him at 59 overall. So, uh, you know, 11 spots higher than his ADP right now. And look, you know, it's not just, you know, uh, the speed. The guy had a 240 ISO in the bigs uh, last year. So there's pop in that bat too. And he did not get hot once uh, when he was with the Diamondbacks in the bigs last season. Yeah. I know the, the, you know, frame is slight, all that stuff. He, he's a skinny looking dude, but I'm not mean, a big plenty, guy. Yeah. Plant, not a big guy. That is for sure. He's hey not there, one of pal. us. Hey there, buddy. Uh, hey, there, big guy. We should call him. I'm going to go find him. I'm like, Hey, big guy. What's up, Corbin? Yeah, hey, just call him guy. gigantor. That's what you no. should call him. But, but I he mean, got jacked. I'm telling you, I was with, I, I've said this everywhere. So did you get Gavin like, Lux jacked, Jeremy Pena jacked. What kind of jacked? No, but like, no, like physically, no one Jeremy Pena jacked. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, did you see that too? Yeah, like, I did. He looks like Captain America. Let's see. Let's see. Like, I can't, yeah. I don't have, oh, oh, look, at. there's a little bit of that right there. You see that? Yeah. I don't have the Jeremy Payne. Let's see yours, Boggs. Nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah. Well, yeah, so because Hogan, it was Hulk like Hogan another human being. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and Hulk Hogan wishes he could walk right now. Uh, yeah, the um, yeah, the the, the, the stuff with Corbin Carroll. I mean, let's also think of of what Julio did, what Bobby Witt did when they came up. You know, not every rookie hits, of course, and, and uh, I understand that. But you know, the, these guys, the, you got to take a gamble somewhere. And taking a number one prospect as a gamble is much safer than reaching down later for somebody else, someone that may not make a team. So uh, Carroll's going to make this team and hit leadoff. So you he's know, in a great spot. What do you think is a bigger gamble? Taking what did you say Carroll's ADP is right now? On uh, seventy, like sixty-nine point five. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, oh yeah, I see. Actually, I see seventy-one point one. If you look uh, January first on in draft champions. What is a bigger gamble? Look at, look at obvious again, like usual. Bob and Welsh does not look at the outline, so that's good. No, I didn't <laughs> look at the outline at all. I didn't look at that one, but I, I but I did January first. Um, what's a bigger gamble, him or Byron Buxton at whatever the hell Buxton? Buxton's at one hundred four. Buxton. Buxton all day long. Okay, but I mean, you're talking about a rookie that barely played. That people have every excuse and why he's not going to succeed in the seventies. But you're still saying Buxton 30 spots lower is a bigger gamble than Corbin Carroll. That's, I yeah. think that says something. I think something. so, too. Says we're smart. Um, <laughs> next up on the D-backs roster here, the stolen base king that uh, that Welsh says will not be the king this year. And one Jake McCarthy, 23 steals last year in limited time with the D-backs. 11 in the minors. He's run crazy his entire career pretty much throughout the minor leagues. And uh, really got it done this past year. ADP of about 107 over the last couple of weeks here. Boggs. Uh, what are your thoughts on McCarthy this year? Because earlier in the season, Ross Research had him leading off. Now Carroll's leading off and McCarthy's hitting third, which makes a little more sense, I think. But what's your thoughts on McCarthy? I mean, I like McCarthy, but I am a little worried that he might be a one-trick pony. So I worry about that a little bit with McCarthy. This is another guy with great speed, great outfielder, shouldn't come off the field much. Um, is he going to stick at three if he even opens at three? I think that's a little questionable how they are going to mix up three, four, five down to six uh, for the D-backs. And, you know, there's potential for Corbin Carroll to leave the leadoff spot and go down to three, which would be a better spot, of course, uh, if he's hitting that well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like his Savant numbers were, you know, pretty blue outside of his speed. So I'm I'm a little less hyped on Jake McCarthy, I think, than others are. Welsh. I still think he's fun, like outside the top 100 and everything like that. But he had an almost like 40 point difference between his actual batting average and his expected is like 35 points, uh, 283 batting average, which was awesome. But he had a 249 expected batting average over 70 point his difference was 349. Yeah, yeah, way inflated. His slug was down from 427 to an expected 357. And he had an under 300 uh, XWOBA. So uh, I, those are all whatever they are. They're obviously expected numbers and they don't tell you everything but i do think i don't think he's as good of a hitter as we got in that early debut that doesn't mean he can't succeed but like i wouldn't be surprised they have him hitting third i have a hard time believing that's going to continue yeah. if he does really keep hitting okay great he doesn't strike out a whole bunch he doesn't walk a whole bunch either though uh the stolen bases i'm a little worried could start coming out of a lower part of the order like a six or a seven but we'll see we'll see how it goes i think he's okay i've been comparing him i feel like him and stephen kwan are kind of like the same realm and i'd rather have him because i think kwan is a flat two trick pony i don't believe there's power i don't there's no rbis to speak of it's batting average and you're hoping there's some run or there runs. And then the stolen bases, I just don't really believe. So I guess he could be a three category player. I think McCarthy has a potential of hitting three and does work, could be a five category player. So I prioritize McCarthy over Quan, but I'm not really massively huge on either one of them, honestly. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. 
So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All righty, let's go to another position in the awful or DH potentially with the Diamondbacks. One of the two big pieces that came over in the Dalton Varsho trade, and that is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., ADP of about 222. Uh, we know Gurriel had a very rough season last year, only five homers, three stolen bases. Still at 291, though, second best in his career. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, disappointments last season. So, Welsh, what are your thoughts on Gurriel in the desert? Yeah, I'm not, like, overly excited about it. Uh, I do like the high batting average. I think if – if okay, so here's a scenario. I actually could see if Lourdes is hitting really well, and, but he's not having you know a whole lot of runners in, because where do they have him at roster resource? Probably like six or seven or something like that. Yeah. I could actually see Lourdes hitting three for this team. I actually think he makes a little bit more sense hitting three, um, driving in some of these guys, especially if a guy like um, McCarthy falters and they wanted to keep Cattell in the leadoff spot. They don't really have a ton of other options. Like maybe you could bring Rojas back up if you want, but I could see a guy like Lourdes Gurriel, an established veteran hitter who over the last three seasons has had two seasons above 290 and the other was 276. The guy's never hit under 276 in his entire career. So this is a good contact hitter. If they're going to be playing the manufacturer run game, why would you not want a guy like Lourdes in there? You could move those guys around. They're stealing bases. And then you got Christian Walker to come in here. So I think that provides some upside. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of platoony things that are going to be going on with the Diamondbacks. Longoria is not guaranteed to play every day. You've got Rojas sitting out here. You've got the catchers. You've got the outfield situation. Kyle Lewis is out there. Corby Carroll might not always play versus lefties. We really don't know what the Diamondbacks are going to do right now. So I'm uncertain about Lourdes. And his track record outside of like batting average is just not something that I'm trying to buy into. It's like almost a 20-point dip on the XBA from his batting average. He's just not a big power guy anymore. Best case scenario, I think you're looking at like 15, 70, 70, something like that. But the high batting average could boost those uh, RBI up. I'm only chasing if I'm probably trying to get a little bit of a batting average boost. What about you, Boggs? Yeah, I'm 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 with the Welsh on that one. And uh, you know, it's gonna be weird to see these outfield rotations because do you go with just like the best defensive outfield ever? With Corbin Carroll, uh, Jake McCarthy, and Kyle Lewis out totally. there, uh, you know Alec Thomas is somewhere in this mix as Alex, well. Alec, Alec Thomas actually said to be the center fielder. Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and McCarthy—that's the best defensive. I mean, it's crazy. You could have that one. It, not it's Lewis. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, hasn't Lewis like? Uh, I mean, one rookie of the year. Did he win a Gold Glove that year? I mean, he was good. I don't too. think he like, won a Gold Glove. He just falls apart. He's just it, he's a yeah, broken, injured, injured, injured. Yeah, that, I mean, but but that but that's the thing is at the beginning of the year. What does this rotation look like? Because right now we have him set at DH. How many games is Longoria going to get at DH as well? You know, how are they going to mix that up? So Guriel is a good, he's a very high floor player at the end of your draft. If you've kind of taken, you know, some risks, if you've taken some risk, get a guy like Guriel and know that, you know, he's going to be pretty steady, but he's not going to, he ain't going to win it for you. Uh, but he might uh, level out some of those risks that you've already taken. Yeah, it's a bummer because Guriel looked like he had uh, high hopes one day of being a 20-plus home run guy year after year, and that just fell apart in a big way. Let's talk Josh Rojas. 23 stolen bases last year, nine home runs, nice little season, one would say, for Rojas. Second base, third base eligible, ADP of around 206. Right now you mentioned Longo is in town. That's a threat to potentially take some third base time. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces, as you guys have mentioned, in Arizona. But what are we thinking about Josh Rojas coming off of that season, Bogman? I mean, it, it was a great season for him. I'm a little worried. Just Tori Lavallo does not like running, and he's going to have to figure it out because he got a, he's got a lot of guys that can run, and Rojas was outstanding last year. I think he was only caught like three times or whatever uh, trying to steal. Third base sucks, so it's nice to have a guy like this that uh, can steal you some bases, but there's not a lot of power there. Nine homers in 125 games last year, 270, like, um, if he loses, I'm, I'm just afraid of him losing stolen bases and losing most of his value. Cause that's where, uh, the majority of it is right now. But if you look at his track record, the guy can run and he should run and he could be the back end of double steals and stuff like that, uh, with this roster, depending on where they put guys. So you can squint and see more upside, but you can also, you don't have to squint too hard to see some downside too. So I like Rojas. 
but I'm, you know, tepid on drafting him. I'm not reaching for him at all. What about you, Welsh? I think I like him a little too much. I'm trying to like taper myself a little bit. He might end up playing like super utility for this team. He said at third, I think he's going to play some short. Nick Ahmed's always hurt. He could play in the outfield. He's just a guy that's going to be able to move all around. I really have a hard time with the majority of players. And, and maybe it's just a little bit like contradictory of what I'm saying with McCarthy, but like I have a hard time looking at any players that stole significant bases and believing you're going to see significant decreases based off of the, the bases being smaller on both sides and runners not being able to hold or pitchers not being able to hold runners as much. So I, I just like, when I look at like the bad X, the bad X has uh, Rojas for 13 stolen bases. It's almost cut. They almost cut him in half and less in just a few less games. I just don't know if I buy that. Lavella's the key here. If they let these guys keep running and stealing, the Dimebacks could lead baseball in stolen bases between McCarthy, Rojas, Carroll, Alex Thomas can run. I mean, they could do it if they wanted to. But is Lavello going to put kind of a stop to that? I don't see why, because this team is not a powerhouse team. They have to manufacture. They've got to move runners over. This is how you win baseball if you're the Diamondbacks. And I think Rojas plays a really important role. If I'm being honest and why I brought him down a little bit from my ranks, He's probably at best a 15-15 guy um, if maybe it's 14-20, something like that. But what's unique about the Diamondbacks, I think a majority of their players, actually all of them except Corbin Carroll, come at this cost that even I think their middle to low impact is like really good. Like They're going to pay for themselves. I don't think these are a lot of guys that you have to reach for. Corbin Carroll's a little bit more, but even into the pitchers, we're going to talk about with like Gallon, uh, Christian Walker, and guys like Lourdes and, and Rojas, you just are not overpaying for them. So even if they don't hit like a maximum value, I still think you're getting your return. And you know Rojas that's built around some stolen bases. Quick hitter here. Nick Ahmed, you mentioned ADP of 607. Any deepest of leagues relevance to him? Either one of you. No, only, I mean, maybe. I mean, in what league? In L only. League. Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I just, I don't think the guy's healthy. I wouldn't be shocked if he's off this team and they just handed it over. Jordan Lawler is a guy that there are rumors he might come up at some point this year. So don't put that past. If, if the Diamondbacks are not winning games, they get rid of Ahmed and they give that job to Lawler. I don't think Ahmed, even though he's a Gold Glove shortstop, is a guy anymore that's going to be able to stave off any of these players he has always hurt and we don't know if he's at anymore goes. because he hasn't played the last two years yeah. 17 yeah, games last year is a little rough yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys mentioned um alec thomas as well uh he's going at around 434 right now i know there's platoon questions but you mentioned his defense the chance to run some bags is he worth uh, any any gamble on drafts for you guys it's probably like an nl only guy again unfortunately like i have i have higher hopes for him um, but I just don't know what it play. I I honestly don't have a gauge on what this rotation is going to fully look like right now. Kyle Lewis kind of throws a wrinkle into things and they've just got multiple people. Lourdes Gurriel obviously does. It looks like Alex is going to be the center fielder. He's going to go play for team Mexico in the WBC, which I personally don't love. I'd love to be him to be here with the diamondbacks and working, but I think, at this point, unless something really alters in his game, though, that's another dude. Last year, I had a picture. He's just like oh, jacked. He's really gotten big, but he hasn't translated. His dad's a uh, used to be the um, physical. Uh, oh God, what was it? It was like the head trainer of players for the White Sox. I mean, so these are like gym rat type of dudes, and he's gotten really big. Alec Thomas looks like the type of guy that can hit twenty homers. He just is not. His approach is not there. You know, suboptimal ISO batting average is two thirty one. He needs some changes in his game. So I just don't love the idea. Of, like he's going to be with Team Mexico during that time. So uh, it's uh, probably an NL only for me for Alec Thomas, and you know until we see something else. Dogs. Yeah, I mean, I think Alec Thomas's value becomes much bigger if there's an injury for the Diamondbacks or if they decide they're deep in the outfield and go ahead and trade him for a reliever or you know, a back end starter or something like that. And he goes somewhere where he can play every single day. But other than that, yeah, like well said, and all the guy we'll put him on the reds. Yeah. Red play yeah. in that ballpark. There you go. Yeah, he'd be good there for sure. A little Jesse Winker type stuff. Um, Bogman for you here, the catching situation is interesting. You know, they traded Varsho, bring back Gabriel Moreno, big time. I've been good prospect for Toronto because they had too many catchers there. You still have Carson Kelly who plays decent defense and wants to hit and they want to play him, but you also have Gabriel Moreno, who you traded for, who has a good hit tool. How do you see that playing out when Kelly's got an ADP of 422 
Moreno has an ADP of 249. Yeah, I think uh, most people are with it here. Obviously, if you're looking in terms of fantasy, Moreno is the guy you want. Carson Kelly showed us nothing. Uh, he'll go through like little uh, nice streaks of hitting the ball and hitting doubles and maybe driving one out uh, every once in a while. He'll go on little hot streaks, but mainly he's back there for working with the pitchers and his defense. So um, I'm not interested in drafting Carson Kelly pretty much anywhere. Moreno could be good. Uh, I just don't know how much playing time he's going to get this season. So I I'm just a void on uh, both catchers right now. And Carson Kelly's the last guy left bub from the, the Goldie deal, which makes me mad. So, oh, you know, no, we, we went there. We somehow got there 30 minutes into the show. Yes. Mm -hmm. what a deal. What a deal bugs. Well, so what do you got on uh, Moreno and Kelly? Yeah, I'm not interested in either one of them this year. I think Moreno's a great buy right now in dynasty. Uh, he'll be given the job at some point. Except the Dimebacks always love to carry multiple catchers. Uh, I Carson Kelly's going to stick around all year, so I just don't see them, you know, just giving the entire thing to Moreno. Madison Bumgarner tends to like I I could be off here, but he tends to like a specific catcher, and I believe that would be mm -hmm. Carson Kelly this year, someone they've worked with. So I just don't know if they would throw a guy like Moreno in with a veteran like that. So like Kelly's going to get time, Moreno's going to get time. Maybe Moreno is going to start lifting the ball a little bit more, hits it really hard, and he'll start you know, doing a little bit of that. He can steal a few bases. It's just not going to be fantasy worthy. Maybe in like a deep, I mean, like when you're talking about like NFBC stuff and it's two catchers and you've got a roster, a whole bunch, I actually would rather take Moreno over Kelly because I think what Moreno can do impacts the ball more. Kelly's going to have more playing time, but at the end of the day, they're just going to eat each other up. And all, both of them combined might put up like a catcher 14 in a league, but you wouldn't want both of them. So they're a pass. All right, let's head to the mound, and we'll talk, to, uh, talk a little Zach Gallon here. Great season last year, throwing 184 innings, by far the most in his career. 12 wins the most in his career. Ratios were outstanding. His third time in four years with a sub-3 ERA, which was great. Strikeouts dipped a bit, but the walks also dipped with him. He was a really, really, really solid arm. He had that stretch of no runs given up for a long, long time that helped him as well until he went to San Francisco and the Giants beat him down. But we don't have to talk about that. No, we don't um, have to Bogman, talk about that, right? ADP of around 75. Um, what are we thinking about Gallon this year? Because I know I've got a few shares already. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good deal for him. This is a guy you saw in the second half of what his potential could be. Uh, this is a guy that could win a Cy Young. And I don't think a lot of people will be very surprised by that. Maybe a little surprised, but it wouldn't be shocking based on what he did in the second half last season. We've kind of been waiting for him to take that next step. And I think it's here. And this is a true ace. This is a top 20 pitcher uh, in, in my opinion. And I think he's, you know, kind of coming at a deal right now. So I'm pushing my chips in for gallon for sure. Yep. What about you? I obviously agree one thing i think it's really interesting um i have to go through and look at all of these but if you start to look at like pitch breakdowns on guys and you, you know you look at like whiff rates and stuff like that i'm very interested sometimes to look at uh exit velocity on pitches to see you know because what that's going to immediately tell you is like okay this is the pitch that guys like bean you know you'll see that on uh hunter green i was just talking about him like hunter green nobody squares up that change up or that slider but what they do is they wait on the fastball and it's that's got like smoky. you know a yeah, it's like a 91 EV or something like that. Zach Gallon does not have an exit velocity that is 88 or higher on any single pitch he throws. So just think about that. Nobody, nobody lights any of those pitches up directly. They have big, big spin. He actually, it looks like he added uh, a little bit of spin kind of across the board, uh, a decent amount, almost 100 RPM on the fastball this past year, which had a little bit more whiff. I think the, you kind of want to dead the change up, which it looks like he didn't dead the change up, but he brought the curveball and then back. Bottom line, you can like look at all that fun stuff. People don't square up the ball. He goes deep into games. He does a decent job of getting his strikeouts. He doesn't walk. And this is a, you know, sub two and a half or sub, you know, three ERA player for multiple years. I love Zach Gallon. This is the Homer thing that came out of me. This is the lowest career Sierra he ever had. Uh, I'm a big buyer because even if the Diamondbacks kind of stink, he just goes deep into games and he's going to get you those quality starts. And uh, he seems to be one of those guys that just he has that tear he does every year where he is maybe the most dominant pitcher in baseball. I mean, he will have a somewhere between a five and eight start stretch in any given season where he is at least top five in SPs. And on top of it, he's just consistent in general. And everybody in the world has said it. 
literally might be the greatest fair trade of all time the Diamondbacks did Jazz for Gallon. And where, <laughs> I was where the Diamondbacks, the same thing when I mentioned his name. I'm like, God, that's such a good trade. Yeah, dude, you don't see it the, every day. The Diamondbacks love, they are masochists. They love to be choked and beaten when it comes to trades. They're the worst <laughs> on the planet. They get hosed every single time. Bogman's favorite. They, they, it's the worst, except in that trade. That trade is the one that is like one for one. It's crazy how those two are going. It'd be awesome if they could look at that trade and compare it to like, you know, when you traded Dansby Swanson or when you traded Paul Goldschmidt or you made any other of your horrific, horrific moves. That were it's going to cost you at least three tokens, Welsh. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on to uh, Merrill Kelly here. This is a guy that I see in Merrill. a ton of draft boards when I get to later rounds and I look at him I'm like, Okay, 200 innings last year, awesome. He's usually good for 150-plus. He's an innings eater at that point in the draft. Ratios are inconsistent. Not a massive strikeout guy, but an ADP of 255 over the last couple of weeks. Any interest in a guy like this, Boggs? Yeah, I mean, like you said, oh, how, how many guys threw 200 innings last season? Eight. Eight, and he was one of the eight that threw over 200 innings. And I think, you know, when you get down to this, this portion of the draft and you're drafting a guy like Merrill Kelly – this is, you know, this is what have you already drafted? Have you drafted risky pitchers? Do you have some consistent pitchers and you could be reaching for upside? He's a conditional pick for sure for what you already have on your team. But you got to know this guy is safe. He's going to be decent in wins. If you're a quality starts league, that's nice. A lot of people went to innings pitched as a category uh, during the pandemic and not switched back. So, uh, you know, a guy that threw 200 innings is also valuable for you. So, he is a nice, safe pick for you late in the draft. Not a ton of upside there. I think what he did last year is probably what you're going to get again this year, somewhere in that same neighborhood. And, um, you know, decent team, like you said, improving. Hopefully the bullpen cannot screw it up again like it did last year, being the worst bullpen in the bigs. But Merrill Kelly is going deeper and deeper into games every single year, and it's been uh, it's been a joy to watch this guy actually work. Not a lot of guys go to the foreign leagues and come back and work, and he absolutely has. Good, good. You agree? Yeah, I believe Boggs. By the way, this will be one of his top three high shares, shares players. Yeah, you love. I like. Kelly I will too. homer out at the end of a draft and take Merle. He's so cheap. Will. Yeah, he's so yeah. cheap. Uh, I, like I dig that the guy has lowered his home run, uh, home run to fly ball three straight years. The hard hit has was the lowest of his career this year. Um, I mean, he just continuously does his, his home run per nine obviously was down in that number. I just don't like that. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. You know, if he does struggle, he doesn't strike out to make up for stuff. It's a diamondbacks team. That's probably not going to like get you a whole bunch of extra wins. It's a pretty tough division in general. If you're not everybody, but the Rockies. So, Balanced schedule I, this year. You're playing less of those guys, though. So that's yeah, nice. that's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think he's fine. Again, this comes back to what I said before. All of these Diamondbacks, even when we're like, nah, they're all just cheap. They're all just like a good cost. Yeah. Why would you not want a guy that can go 200 innings and what definitely beat every expectation across the board? I think it's going to be pretty tough to reach those expectations again 13 wins and whatnot but like i said he he has a lot of the makings of not giving up hard hits lowering the home run rate and you have a great defensive team that's maybe something we're not talking about here you got a great defensive team a fast outfield christian walker if nick ahmed is out there a great defensive infield Cattell Marte is out there I think that plays a little bit of a role in it as well. And there's a little bit of a floor. I just think he's a great piece to like put in your rotation, no matter what you've done in your draft. So uh, take those cheap arms and Merle, Merle should be one of them. Merle. Merle. Okay. We'll make this simple of going from Merle to Madison, Madison Bumgarner. It's another from cowboy to cowboy. Yeah. Hey, Hey, both of you. Um, this is my show. So I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, I'd rather Mason Saunders and Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> so, yeah. so are we just out on Madison? Let's make it quick and simple. Yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah. Hey, I, I just had to ask. He's I mean, a, look, he's How many a times... Giants legend. Like, I understand you sticking up for Giants. him. And everything. No, I don't want to draft he him. Sucks. He's. I'm yeah. just asking. He's the number three on roster resource for you guys, and I just want to clarify yeah. what's going on here. How many times you drafted him in uh, your best balls? None. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. I won't yeah. touch him. That, and that's a hero to you. He's yeah. got you three World hey. Series, and you're not. He was great in orange and black. Sucks in red and whatever. Could be hero. Just for um, one day. That's Madison. What? Just for one day, he just could be a hero. Day. Not yes. and he was. He was a hero for about four days in seven in seven games. Um, let's talk about a couple youngsters though, and Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison, two guys that I really 
struggle with, but I'm intrigued by come draft day. So, Welsh, how are we viewing these two? Because Dre came up last year. I think he made his debut on one of the fantasy pro shows we did together. And we were talking about him facing the Dodgers or something. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Nelson doing his thing. It's like there's a lot of upside, but they're still young. There's probably some warts to worry about. So how do you see these two? You know, it was. It was actually funny because you filled in with me. He had had his first start and it was awesome. And you yeah. and I were like, he's got yeah. the Dodgers. No, thanks. Yeah. And he ended up slaying. I think Dre Jamison did the same thing. Uh, one thing I'm annoyed with is the Diamondbacks are giving that dirtbag Zach Davies <laughs> any opportunity. He's such a scumbag that he, he didn't, he didn't respond to their text about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he responds to their text. He responds yeah. to Derek Hall and Tori Lovello, but not his wife. So he's a dirtbag and they're giving him like they've anointed him the fourth spot. And I think that kind of stinks. The silent because, assassin. Yeah, because what that does is that only puts one rotation spot open for Ryan Nelson or Dre Jameson. And I like to see them both in there. I think it's going to be hard for this team to not put Ryan Nelson in there. I think he's a little bit more of a pitcher's pitcher, if you will. I mean, he had a, a like one four seven ERA, which was absurd when he was up here, but like a good, and, and his, um, his exit was like in the four. So that just wasn't viable, but wasn't giving up home runs. Um, it doesn't walk a whole bunch, which I think really works in favor. Good arsenal of pitches. Dre Jamison is more electric, and he's got a big power slider combination, but I think the control and the command might be some of the problem. That I think they're going to go with Ryan Nelson, who can eat up a little bit more innings, and Dre's not going to get that opportunity to start, which I kind of hate. There's a possibility that they could even throw J- Dre into like a long inning relief role, I think is a possibility. Most likely send him to Triple A just to extend the innings out. But I think Ryan's going to win this job. But long term, Dre Jamison, if he's a starter, he's the he's a fantasy guy. This is a yeah. high K player, and even maybe down the road, if he pulls an Archie Bradley or something like that, and just can't work innings and can't command pitches, he might. Hopefully, he doesn't crap his pants on the mound, but he might be able to be a closer. And hey, what about you, Boggs? How do you feel about these two potentially? I like them both. I'm wish I'm with Welsh here. I wish that Davies was not on this team and not an option. Uh, you know, I don't, he's just there to eat innings and hope that you can keep your bullpen somewhat stretched out and he can get to six every night. You know what I mean? And you're not just taxing those guys back there who are already not good every single night. So that's why Davies is in there just because he's a veteran, which leaves one spot for these guys. But you know, you could see it by June 1st, both of them in the rotation, Madison Bumgarner has been cast asunder. So that yeah. is what I hope for at some point uh, that the Diamondbacks just realize, look, Madison is throwing BP fastballs down the middle. We cannot do this anymore. So we got to get him out and get somebody else in. I think Brandon Fott is, is obviously, you know, a potential yeah. to come in and take a spot as well. So um, I think all of those guys are going to get starts, but it makes it hard for fantasy you know, uh, like we said, because we don't know what it's going to open with right now. I mean, you know, uh, Bumgarner could be in the bullpen and, you know, it would just be tough. You, you know, you, you it makes you say you have said this for like three years and I'm not against you on it, but it's like the team doesn't do it. Like we always like this dude's throwing 89. He pumps it down. He's angry. He's pissed off all the time. He's always. Yeah, but now hit. they could cut him and eat the money. Like when is at the, this when point, is the they finally done? can. When is it uh, after this year? I think is this final year. It, it's I'll either this year or next year. I got, it right, I got it right here. Yeah, I but, feel like it's two more years. I just don't think they will. I do, I think they are committed. You cannot to, give that loser thirty starts again. He's, he's, a, free, he's a free agent in twenty five. Okay, yeah, there you go. Even worse, Bogman. It's only how fourteen. Much money it's only fourteen mil next year. That's only what 14. it is. That yeah, like it was thirty million or whatever the last couple years. Twenty three this year, fourteen next year. Yeah, that's actually more like next year. But but yeah, I mean, that's cheap for if, a third or fourth starter. If they starter. move him to the bullpen and he no. throws a big stink about it, they right. might just end up cutting him because that, they they got to do it at some point. It's going to happen at the end of this year at worst. So it may just be one of those things where he goes in vacations or whatever, and the Diamondbacks bring right. up somebody else. That's been so, the thing I've right, said yeah. forever. Here's the deal. There is 0.0% chance that guy, if he's out of the rotation, he's not coming to the ballpark. He's that type oh, yeah. of personality. There is 100%. no chance he Good. graciously takes that and moves to a bullpen role. I don't know why you would want him in a bullpen role. He is either a starter or he's off this team. And the yep. Diamondbacks have to reckon with that with their money. Do they want to eat $14 million next year? Can they convince another? Can they get a stretch where Bumgarner's okay? And they can convince a team, which you probably have to pay a prospect. Hey, we'll give you a prospect and you got to eat some the of this Bronson money. For 
next year. Deal all over again. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But the, the problem is, is he is rotation or bust for this team. And they've proved it year in and year out with a garbage contract. So he's just dead weight. Let's talk bullpen now. Uh, if you go to the roster resource, you have five closers potentially. Mark Melanson just came out and said he deserves to be the closer. And I made me think of Bogman what? immediately. Based on what? Made me think of Bogman. It's an art. It's an interview he did. Made me think of you immediately, Bogman. Uh, if you look at roster resource, we've got Andrew Chafin, who they just signed, Kevin Ginkle, Mantiply, who we all thought last year didn't really make it work, Melanson, Miguel Castro. Castro and Ginkle are the youngest. They might be the ones that get screwed out of this deal, but. Um, you know, Boggs, I'll start with you. How would you foresee it instead of or just don't touch a reliever, period, probably? But how would you go about the closing situation? Yeah, you don't. You don't take one of these losers. Uh, I'll say I think Melanson starts with the job so that if he's good and the Diamondbacks aren't, they can trade him and get something for him. So at least display him as a potential option. You put him back there in the ninth. And look, if there's one thing we know, you don't want that guy in a leverage situation because all he does is throw 91 down the middle. So, you know, maybe that'll work in in the ninth when you're up by three runs and you can, you have a little wiggle room, but you don't want him in leverage at all. So I think you stick him in the ninth and uh, hope it works out for the first couple months. And then you can maybe deal him and get anything, a bucket of baseballs, whatever it is, get it back and then put somebody else in here. I think if I had to pick a guy to lead this team in saves, right now it would probably be Andrew Chafin, and I'm not very happy about it. I like, I like Chafin. He's not too bad. And, he, you know, he kind of is a different colored version of you, Boggs. So you got that Yeah, he, he's been he's been with the Diamondbacks. Different hair color. Oh, that's a gym. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hair color. Easy, yeah. easy, easy, easy. It's still, still a family show somewhat. Around you, know, you know what his nickname? Do you know, do you know what the nickname we have for Andrew Chafin? Have you ever heard that? <laughs> Chafing his pants, balls, balls chafing. chafing. Oh, it's close. Chafing. I knew we were going he to throws, the yeah, he doesn't throw, he didn't throw strikes when he was a diamondback, so we called him balls chafing. I uh, figured. <laughs> what do you think about the bullpen, Walsh? Uh, I agree. I think Melanson's the guy who's going to get the start, old school mentality of uh, managers and stuff like that. Um, I'll tell you this though, my vote has been Kevin Ginkle. I think that's the guy. Kevin Ginkle put some more juice on that slider this past year. He can drive up that fastball, average is 96. He uh, increased the slider by two miles per hour. And the thing I love the most too, ground ball rate, just huge increase, almost 8%, up to 50% ground ball rate. That's something you would dig in a closer. Good slider, fastball combo, ground ball pitcher on a great defense. I would say that is exactly what you want. Joe Mantiply is the best pitcher And here's why I think he's an option is because of Andrew Chafin. They didn't have another lefty in the bullpen. And I thought it would be really hard for them to justify putting anybody in that closer spot if you had no other lefties. But I actually think Chafin gives them the opportunity. So I think it's Melanson to start. I think Ginkle leads the team in saves. And I think the highest upside, if they were really smart, it's Joe Mantiply that that would be the guy. Because I think he's the best reliever on that team. Chafin's cool. Macau Castro's cool. I don't know. I don't really see any of them doing it. I think it's impossible to figure this out, but it'll be Melanson to start. And then God knows when they're going to turn it over. But uh, my bet is on Kevin Ginkle. Fun times. So much fun. <laughs> so Let's much talk fun. prospects for the 2023 season. That'll have a fantasy impact for this year. Welsh, we got Brandon Fott. You mentioned Jordan Lawler, potentially. What are we thinking here of guys that are worth it for fantasy this year? So, oh, Corbin Carroll, Dell's technically a prospect, but not what yeah, we're talking yeah. about. We here. don't consider him that when he's getting drafted in the top 100. Yeah, when you're drafted <laughs> in like the top 75 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, the guys that I think that are, um, could potentially come up just real quick, Dre Jameson, we talked about, he'll make some type of impact. Brandon Fott would be the most exciting, led the minors, all of minor league baseball in strikeouts of all pitchers. No pitcher went more, uh, more six innings or more than Brandon fought last year. Got a great arsenal of pitches. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball and it's just unheralded. Already better than Madison Bumgarner. Way better than Madison. Set that Bumgarner. bar high there, Boggs. Set it real high. <laughs> he will get run at some point this year. Just don't know what it's going to look like. And Jordan Lawler is someone to keep a look at. They already pushed him to double A. He played in the Arizona Fall League. He got set back a little bit by an injury, but I believe he's back out working in spring training. If I kind of don't think they're going to be aggressive and I think they're going to go double A to triple A, 
we'll have to see what this team does. Corbin Carroll gives them that extra rookie thing. I think Lawler will be up at some point. I really don't think it's going to be before July. So it's probably someone you're just going to have to like monitor fab with. But when he comes up, he's a five category player. Uh, other potential guys are mo most likely pitchers. Tommy Henry is someone that was in the rotation a little bit this past year. But for guys that are going to impact right now, I think that's it. They got a little slew of guys that are coming soon. Landon Sims would be one of those players I would tell you about. But for this year, Brandon Fott and Jordan Lawler, probably the two impact guys that haven't already made an appearance at the major league level. Anybody else we've missed, Boggs, throughout the entire episode that you think is going to have an impact for the D-backs this year? No, no. I mean, I, I will say this. I think uh, I'm going to miss Greg Schulte. This is going to be Greg Schulte's last year uh, in the booth as the radio. Explain that. Yeah, I was about guy. to say, most people yeah. don't know about Greg Schulte. Yeah, Gre Greg Schulte has been calling Diamondback games since 1998 on the radio. I've listened to him uh, my whole life here and uh, going to be his last season. So that that's a guy I'll mention that we have not talked about yet. But yeah, we hit all the prospects. We hit the lineup. I think that's everyone that, that can make an impact, you know, unless the Diamondbacks, of course, make a trade or something. So, uh, you know, we'll see. It's uh, Corbin Carroll and everybody else pretty much. So do they finish at least 500 this year? The D-backs finish over 500? No. Uh, I mean, we're pessimistic. I'm going to say I no. I know you guys are. I should have known before I even asked that question. Yeah, like well, that, yeah like, but, but it's close. Will, but... It should be close, and they can, but the bullpen has to I – mean, it was literally the worst bullpen in the league last year. So the, the staff isn't bad. The lineup is decent. Uh, tough division, like the Welsh mentioned, but – uh, they can, but I would just, I, I would say they're a year away from doing that. There were rumors that the Diamondbacks were interested in like uh, Xander Bogarts and Carlos, or I, mean, I don't know if it's Carlos Correa, but like Xander Bogarts, like they had real interest. If they could go and get a big impact bat to kind of help, I think that could put them in another level, but the bullpen sucks. The offense is, it's dicey. Middling. To be, yeah, it's middling. Well, also like for all the pieces to be working right now. So hitting over 500, I think is going to be, pretty difficult uh one guy i wanted to throw out uh, as far as like any other players watch out for paven smith i think paven smith is going to be annoying this year because i think paven smith might be a guy that could take some time away across the board he could play some first he could play some left i could see him dhing the team just really likes him because he was a good he's always been a really good contact hitter he's hurt like um, all year last year too yeah and and a lot of injuries too i mean you, you know i want to say like kyle lewis but he's just always hurt and there's plenty of other injuries Paven Smith might be like an NFBC, like really deep league player that if someone goes down, I think he would be one of the first players to get run. But I also think he's going to just be annoying because he's going to take time away. We're already looking at like Lourdes and Longoria kind of throwing a wrench into stuff. I think Paven Smith is going to be another one of those guys who are like, oh, Jesus, like Alec Thomas isn't out there because Paven, they want to put Paven <laughs> Smith out in left field. Like watch out for that. I think that's going to happen. Lovely, lovely. That's so much fun. <laughs> and to like, I David Smith's a guy I've rostered a lot back a couple of years ago when he was playing just because he played all the time. So sure. I can see some appeal there if he does get some run. Wouldn't break my heart, especially in those deeper rounds. Good, good call on that one. As we sign off here, gentlemen, remind everybody where they can find you and all the good stuff you got going on. Go ahead, Bogman. Where, where uh, at Bogman you? Sports, obviously. Uh, I have way less, so mine is much easier. Uh, the ITL Baseball uh, pod with the Welsh, of course. Uh, Fantasy Pros, Dynasty Fantasy Football pod with Pat Fitzmorris. Uh, War Room with CK. See if you winning edge. Uh, just follow me at Bogman Sports. You'll see all my stuff. Uh, in this league.com, the Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. People want to come and hang out. That's where our redraft ranks live. My prospect top 500, my dynasty list lives. I have a prospect ADP that I've done. We do a lot of other unique things. We have group me rooms where you can hang out with our community, us, and uh, a ton more. We have like live mock drafts we do. So if people are interested in that, it's like the best way to also support independent podcasters. I think you should support Bubba. And if you want to support us, go to inthisleague.com. And then, yeah, like I'm on like just a lot of podcasts right now. So <laughs> never feel uh, shy of saying something nice on Twitter like, oh, man, I love the Welsh on Rates and Barrels. Or, man, CVS is so great when the Welsh is on. Never, never shy away from doing and that. And call him like. prospect guy when you do it, too. Yeah, yeah. My sure. favorite hey, prospect guy, guy is the Welsh. Just hey, say that. Guy. And you absolutely guy. love it. Hey, guy. Yeah. Big guy, prospect guy. Big that's guy. what I call him. Big prospect guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he is. Big prospect guy. But these are two of the best guys out there, folks. So make sure you check out all their work. Good friends of mine. Good friends of the fantasy world. Even when they want to be narcissistic and say they're not. So uh, make sure you follow Boggs on Twitter at Bogman Sports and Welsh. It is it the Welsh? Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. You got it, Bob. 
All right, Bench with Bubba, your Arizona Diamondbacks season preview. Catch you all next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.